Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. Get the latest content without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. The NBA is back in season now, so prize picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You know, you can download it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or prizepicks.com. Use that code 5. If you're also subscribed to our Off the Floor feed, we post that all the time on Twitter. Today, we just gave away $100 in promo funds. That's pretty cool, right? So make sure you subscribe to both PrizePicks and to Off the Floor. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Yay. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucky said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the full play, got a whole plan. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And pack the trust, it's power having the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Before the trip, you might have said they probably would have gone one Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA. This can be a very good thing, or this could be the thing that sinks the season. Uh, I'm that I'm at that point. Like this is absolutely critical for them. They're facing uh teams all in the Eastern Conference, all of which are in contention for playoff or play-in spots. <laughs> Atlanta in the play-in uh right now, but the Knicks in the playoffs, Philly in the playoffs, Cleveland in the playoffs. Those are the six games. You go two and four in this stretch you're going to be a play-in team. I, that's how I look at it. Like you have to go four and two or better during this period of time. So we're going to take a look at the rotation as they head into this. There, We were originally going to focus a lot on Kyle Lowry because there was a report that he was going to try to come back by the end of February. That's already passed. Today's the last day of February or the beginning of the March for the start of the homestand. But apparently there's been a setback um, as reported by Barry Jackson and others. He's not quite ready at this stage. Um, I said when he was sidelined before that I wasn't so sure he was going to play a big role for the Heat going forward. 
And I even hinted at the fact that at some point you might get a press release saying that knee surgery has taken place. And, uh, you know, again, this was because of a lot of the things that were going on, not just the injury, but other things were going on between Lowry and the team prior to the All-Star break. I still think that's a possibility. But we're going to talk about it in the Kyle Lowry context also, because if he's going to come back to this team eventually, this is a team, Alex, that's playing nine guys right now or they played nine guys in the win against Philadelphia. We talked on the post-game stream last night about Eric Spolster is comfortable with nine players. He likes being able to kind of use uh, the four bench guys with one starter to anchor that unit. That's what he's typically done over the course of his coaching career, most notably during the Big Three era where Dwayne or LeBron would take turns. It was like clockwork, okay? Nine minutes uh, gone in the first quarter with three minutes left. LeBron or Dwayne would come out. The four subs would come in. Okay, and the four subs would come in to play with one of them. And then LeBron or Dwayne, whoever was was in for that period of time, would come out. The other one would come anchor it for three more minutes. And so you knew you were getting Battier and Birdman and Cole and Ray Allen with one of those guys. He prefers nine-man rotations. But Kyle Lowry would make it 10. Duncan Robinson would make it 11. Haywood Highsmith would make it it 12. Uh, Alex, how do you see this without Lowry? Well, I think without Lowry is just exactly what you saw last night with the potential of playing Highsmith for specific matchups. But I think kind of what you saw last night is where the rotation would be at. And I, you know, just kind of looking at the minutes from last night for everybody, I think, uh, and I said this on, on last night's show, but now just kind of having the minutes in front of me, I can see an outline for how to bring Kyle back. And, it, and I'm going to say something similar to what I said, but, I think it's relevant because, like, you're looking at last night, Gabe Vincent is a starter, 30 minutes. I think just right there, even if he's starting, he doesn't have to be a 30, 30 minutes per game type of guy. You can take three to five minutes from there. I, you know, that's just me coming up with a number. I'm not – it doesn't have to be that. You can take a handful of, of minutes from there. You can take a handful of minutes from Max Struess, take a handful of minutes from Depot, and you're not necessarily cutting one of them too much if you're doing it just like that. The way the Heat play – like I said, where guys are playing different positions, it, it actually feels – now that I have the minutes in front of me, it actually feels like a doable thing because they're just playing a lot of guys a lot of minutes. And I, I do understand preferring the nine-man rotation. I just don't know how you don't kind of bring Kyle back into the mix at this point. I know everybody is down on Kyle, and I know all the YouTube comments are going to be about how Kyle stinks and they should never play him ever again. Um, he's their third highest paid player. And I think there's still more that they can get out of him. I think we saw the worst of him this season. And um, the, the setback is definitely unfortunate. I think it's probably the product of an aging point guard. But I do think that it's worth trying to see what you can get out of him once he does come back, how much gas does he have left in the tank. And I think the six-man role, or not even six-man, just bench organizer role for non-Jimmy minutes specifically is the role where I would like to see him in. Because I think they could really use the boost uh, in those bench units, specifically when Jimmy is off the floor. And so that's where I think they go. I, I don't, I mean, Spo probably prefers a nine-man rotation for the playoffs, but for the regular season, I wouldn't be surprised if they went ahead and just incorporated him by cutting some guy's minutes by a couple minutes. Brady, um, you and I both prefer nine men, right? Rotation. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, is there, I, I guess uh, when Kyle comes back, if he comes back, I mean, is there is there a case to be? I mean, there's 240 minutes, right? In a, in a for to be split between five positions, there's 240 minutes. 
So as Alice is saying, you could shave, you know, a few from Vincent. You could shave a few from Martin. You could shave a few from Oladipo. You can carve out 15 minutes, you know, shave them from Struess. But I can't see any of those nine guys that you can just literally take out of the rotation without it having some impact. You, you're not taking any of the bigs out. You just spent the whole season trying to find them. And so Struess, yes, but then you don't have a designated shooter. Caleb's minutes have been cut significantly already. Gabe doesn't play heavy minutes to begin with. So, I, I, again, if Kyle's going to play, you're going to play 10. You're going to win an uncomfortable place. Yeah, basically, that's what makes this weird because we were talking about this in the context of when Duncan's your 10th guy, and it, I think that was the easy decision is to go nine, go more comfortable, go uh, you know less reliant on offense, kind of more into defense. You see what that looks like. Like You cannot have so many negative defenders on, in a rotation. Like That's part of the nine-man rotation thing. It's not just because you're you, there's it's nine versus 10. It's more defend, better defenders versus worse defenders. Like That's where uh, it gets down to. And other than, I guess... There's no way you could just swap one for one. Like, I just, at this stage, like, I don't know the one you're swapping out at this point. Other than, like, shaving minutes down, it just feels like there's there's a point where you just have to have role players on a short leash, where I compare it to, I guess, the game, I was looking back at the, the log in Charlotte, where they played 10 guys, and Duncan was the 10th guy in that game, but he played five minutes. And I was talking before about how I had no idea how he had played five or six minutes and was, like, a minus 17. Uh but it's in all seriousness, it's like that's kind of the ideal spot. It's like if you're going to play this many role players and go 10-man rotation, no matter who it is, if they're not playing good, like you shrink it down to nine immediately. Like I just feel like that's where it is. It's other than shrinking kind of shaving minutes. You just got to just shrink roll when a guy – and it, it, it's tough because, you know, it doesn't mean like if, if you have a slow start, you don't have another chance the rest of the game. But it's like you just cannot keep sticking with it when, you know, we know what can happen defensively on the other end. So I think like, to your point, like a backup big, like Zeller isn't going anywhere. A power forward, like love is not being taken out of this spot. It's more so. And you said it yesterday, and it, it was an interesting perspective is the Lowry versus Depot thing. And it's almost like, is that the, the one-on-one race that we're seeing in the rotation? Like if one of those guys is, isn't providing something, is that kind of the guy that gets shaved? And the question I have is, if Depot's, you know, Depot shot well in Philly, but if, if Depot's defending at the level he did in Philly, it's hard to take him out of the rotation. That's kind of been my point all season. So it, it's a weird scenario. I think they're going to force it to 10, but like, let, let's even look past, we're, we're talking in the context of down the rest of the rest of regular season, which is tough enough. What about when you get into the playoffs? Like then you're for sure going nine, you're possibly going eight. So then there's tough decisions you have to make. And I, and it's, at that point, you have to just play your best players, and it's no, you know, feelings getting involved. There's nothing along those lines. You just have to play your best players at that point. Yeah, I think it'll shrink down to eight at that point, and I think you're taking a look at maybe a, you know, rotation again where Zeller, you know, may get cut out completely um, at that stage. I, I don't think this is a team that necessarily needs to play traditional point guards all the time, so you don't need to split 48 minutes between Vincent and Lowry as much most other teams would because. Depot can handle, Hero can handle, Butler can handle, uh, Bam can handle in a secondary role. So that's not that's not necessary. Uh, it is. I've said this before. You, sometimes you play more guys because um, you have a lot of really good players to play, and sometimes you may p- you play more players because you can't get what you want out of your eight. And I, I feel like that's kind of where they may be at when Lowry comes back. If Lowry comes back, 
you look at the rotation during the bubble. Derek Jones got squeezed. Kelly Olenek at times got squeezed. I mean, Kelly got put back in the rotation for the finals basically because Bam uh, was out. Uh, otherwise, Kelly was on the, uh, was on the, was on the fringe of that rotation and and the Myers Leonard thing too. So other guy, you know, Kendrick Nunn got frozen out of the rotation late and had been a starter during uh, m- most of that season. So I, I think that Spolster, again, his inclination is going to be to go to nine and then it goes to eight with maybe a ninth guy. I think before you have Lowry coming back, Duncan and Highsmith become kind of the 10th guy that floats based on whether you need like you're down 20 and you need somebody to come in and shoot threes or – Maybe you're up 15, but you just need to lock someone down. And so Highsmith comes in and plays low minutes, uh, but does that. But I I do think as we go forward, I think Spolster has an idea of where he wants to go. But we've also seen this team can't stay healthy. So that somebody's probably going to go out when somebody else comes in. And I think that's a big part of, of the Lowry, getting Lowry ready here. Because one of these guards will get hurt eventually. I mean, Tyler has a history of pulling stuff, okay, at some point, missing a couple of games here or there. Um, Gabe, missed, Gabe missed time early in the season. Vic Max is not was questionable re- on this recent injury report for tomorrow. So exactly. Like, and Vic, it. you can't count on Vic's, uh, Vic to stay healthy. So you have those guys. The one guy who's durable in that whole mix is Struess. That's it. He's been the most durable player on the team this year. And then you know that Jimmy's going to take a night or two off before this thing finishes. So I, I feel like he would probably like to have 10 or 11 that he can play. But ultimately, when everybody's healthy, he'd rather play eight or nine. All right, we're going to talk about this more as we come back and get into the homestand at large. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, Five Reasons Sports Network. Reach out to our guy, Nelson. What does he do? What does his company do? They rent out the C-arm equipment to offices. They also send X-ray technologists to run the machines. They can be found over at Mobile C-arm and Staffing Services. That's Mobile C-arm and Staffing Services or at c-arm, that's c-armandstaffing.com, c-armandstaffing.com. Go to the website, fill out the form. If you work in a medical office, you're going to want to do this. Plus, he's a great guy, a great Heat fan as well. Again, they do office-based procedures, pain management offices, chiropractic offices, and cadaver courses. So reach out to him, Nelson. You can call him directly at 561-891-9620. That's 561-891-9620. 9620 or c-armandstaffing.com. We also mention our friends over at Water Cleanup, Michael Robert and his team, prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. If you've got a water leak, you got mold damage, any of that kind of damage in your home or business, reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356. Again, that's 954-579-0356. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Check out 70 plus five-star reviews on Google. It's Water Cleanup of Florida, WCUFL. If you got the schmutz, one of you guys has to jump in. Greg's not here. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. Brady has more guts than Alex. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the homestand here. Reasonable expectation for the homestand, Brady. As a six-game set, you've got uh, one against Philly. You got one against New York, right? Is it one against New York, two against Cleveland, two against Atlanta, two against Cleveland? Is that right? Yeah. That's okay. Right. What do you think? It's it. I totally agree with what you said before. Like this, this six games is really, you know, we said this in different parts of the season, but now this is like the final test. Like this is the final test of what, which direction they're basically going to go in, in this, this final stage of the season. So, I mean, the first one is, you know, the obvious thought is in a back-to-back set against Philly, you'd think you'd probably split that, but there's, there's just so many, emotions involved and then just with that matchup you see with jimmy you see with with all this and after what i saw i just if they don't come out flat i i feel confident in their in their ability schematically to match up with philly so it's like i think they can if they're focused can take care of business but those weird splits i'm more worried about the you know the back-to-back new york and then atlanta like those little stretches could get weird uh I mean, if you're talking about record, I mean, ideally, it's is this a four and two? Is that is that what we're looking at here? Like, is that the most ideal state? I mean, obviously, you'd want better, but I feel like four and two is the is the likely outcome here if they if all things go right. So uh, it'll be interesting. This is also two different teams because it's funny with that two against Atlanta, two against Cleveland. Like you said, those are the two teams that we were preparing for. Uh, last year in the play-in when we, mm-hmm. they were the one seed it was like are you gonna get atlanta or cleveland which one would you rather now this could kind of decide your fate if you're going to be in the play-in with what the way you play these two different teams over this four game stand so uh two different teams as well one that's lengthier that they have a little bit more trouble with and then another team that they can obviously attack certain matchups so schematically there's different ways to go about it but I, at, at this point like i've been saying like as much as i talk about x's and o's stuff uh, this stuff transcends it like it's not even about X's and O's anymore. It's about hitting your open shots that they keep getting. It's about having enough energy to be play like they did in Philly defensively. And if they can do that, they can win these games, but it's just the confidence and their ability to play, not play down to competition because that's not going to happen here because these teams are all essentially higher in the standings than them, but uh, they just cannot come out lackadaisical. If they don't do that, then I think they have a decent chance. Alex, here's the concern here with this, okay? I mean, the, the Cavs are basically gone to the heat at this stage. They're, they're, let's start here. They're, they're seven games behind Philly, okay? So even with the win last night, they're not catching Philly. Uh, the Cavs, they're five games behind. They beat them up there, but that's a lot of ground to make up in 20 games. It's a lot of ground. I mean, the Cavs would have to basically collapse. 
the Knicks are within striking distance with two and a half back. If you lose to them again, you know, I mean, you've lost them once. You got two more left with them after this one. You lose to them again, you're probably not catching them either. I mean, they're 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 playing well. Randall's playing at a much higher level than he did last season. The one that they can catch is the Nets. I mean, they're two games behind the Nets. They just lost to them. We obviously know that that the Nets don't have the talent level that they had before, even if they've been playing reasonably cohesively. And then you look at the other team, and then the, but the Hawks are, are just are they're a game and a half back of you. I mean, if you drop those two to Atlanta, which the Heat are perfectly capable of doing, you're looking at maybe an eight spot, which means that you got to beat a team twice uh, to to or, or, or excuse me, but you don't have to beat a team twice, but you put yourself in more peril. And then the Raptors, who upgraded at the trade deadline instead of downgrading, are just three behind you. The Wizards are just four behind you. The Bulls are just four and a half behind you. So I mean, we we talk about four and two. They can make up some. They can make up a little ground. They go two and four. They're buried. Yeah, I mean, it's looking it's looking dangerous right now. I think this stretch is just extremely important. You know, it's hard not to echo what you guys have already said here. But just as far as these specific matchups. You already know that the Sixers matchup is important to me always. But as far as like the ones that are important to the standings, um, the Knicks and the Hawks, I think those are the th- three most important games that they got to hold down. And I know it's it's kind of dumb. It's kind of subjective. But th- I just think because of the standings and where they're at right now, you know, those are of utmost priority. We've already seen, like Brady said, they can match up with the Sixers. So if they lose tomorrow in a somewhat close game, you know, I won't be. I, I, of course, I'm going to hate it. I'm, I'm going to absolutely hate it because we're going to be there and, you know, you know how I feel. But otherwise, I just think the Knicks and, and Hawks series, you cannot blow those. Like you said, if you have any hope of catching to the Knicks, you can't let up the tiebreaker. You can't give them any more of a cushion as they're two and a half behind right now. And the Knicks have been on an absolute tear, especially like ever since they acquired Josh Hart. Um, they just seem to like win a lot more than they lose. I'm not saying that's going to hold up, but, you know, they're hot right now. The Hawks, it's funny that they're right behind the heat now considering they just fired their coach. <laughs> so it's just – it's crazy that this four-game losing streak took them down so much and now they're just not that far ahead of these other teams that, you know, we were talking about them selling at the trade deadline like the Bulls and the Raptors. I don't know. It's crazy that we've gotten here. But on, honestly, it feels it feels like poetic justice based on how this season has gone that they're now – in the playing race and we're over here talking about this early March stretch as being the most important thing in the season. Like there's not a whole other month and, and change of games afterwards. Like that's the, the peril that they're in right now, especially um, without Lowry. It's just one more guy who could help you create your offense. You got to take advantage right now. And I think it really is the, the balls in their court, but at the same time, if the shots don't fall, I don't know. I don't know how much the, the, the balls in their court other than just, the defensive execution. Well, okay. So we talk about them being in peril right now and they're in peril right now because of the two losses to the Hornets, because the loss of the Spurs, because the loss of the Pistons, that's why they're in peril right now. They've played reasonably well against kind of the middle of the pack to slightly over middle of the pack teams. Okay. They have done an okay job against those teams for the most part, the losses to Chicago were not good. Obviously they've lost the Knicks. Okay. But these teams that are slightly over 500, uh, they have done a reasonable job against them, and they've been competitive against some of the better teams, the Bucks game the other night notwithstanding. But it's those games that that have put them in this spot. And so now you're right. There's no margin for error for this team at this stage. And as we've talked about on other podcasts, there's nothing else to look forward to. There's no trade deadline. There's no buyout options. 
I mean, we could talk about Goran Dragic here if, you know, I, I know Barry had put out there that, you know, if Lowry is not going to be able to come back, he should tell the team. I mean, I think Dragic, if he's going to join a team and play in the playoffs, he would have to actually, uh, am I wrong about this? I'll, I'll double check it, but I think he would have had to be signed by March 1st, which is, is coming right up here. Um, you know, I know Goran wants to be back in Miami, but I don't think subbing in Goran for Lowry is going to make a huge difference at this point. We're already talking about the difficulty of trying to play all these guys that they already have. But I, I just think that we are at a point now where we have to stop with the but still stuff. Okay. If this team is going to accomplish anything this year, it has to be done over this next week and a half. It just has to be. And and even four and two, to be honest, is probably not going to be good enough to create any distance from some of these teams. And it's probably in terms of either catching, well, it, it, making up the distance between the teams above them or basically putting teams like Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto, and Washington away. So this is it. Like anything that they've built to this entire season, they, with the exception of Lowry, who was not a, a big factor for them in a positive way this season, they are healthy. Um, they've added a couple pieces to the front court, which have plugged in well. I pulled this today on Five Reasons Twitter. Most people are giving them a B or higher for those two acquisitions. So that has worked. So credit to them for that. They erased the Deadman problem, uh, you know, and and they're playing very high. They're playing high level defense right now. They need to win four or five of these games. They just do. Otherwise, we don't have a season to talk about. I'm sorry. This team goes to the play-in. If this team is in an eight spot or a nine spot, this is not – I don't – Jimmy aside, this is not the kind of team that's going to make a run out of the play-in to something significant. They're just not. I can't see them sustaining it. Okay, I just can't – the worst-case scenario for them that actually gives them a chance is a six seed to catch Philly in the first round. That is the, that, that is the thing that gives them a chance. Okay, you'd rather get to five maybe, face Cleveland – but a six seed, we have something to talk about. They're in a seven, an eight, or a nine is over. I'm sorry. We'll do the podcast, but it's over. All right. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to our friends over at Mobile CRM and Staffing Services. Thanks to Prize Picks. Use that code five F I V E. Water cleanup of Florida. Playback. We're doing it again on Wednesday night. We had a great crowd there. We put it on Twitter. You can hear Greg. I don't know what the hell Greg's doing during that final play, calling the Jimmy Butler shot. It's so good. I don't know if so good is how I would describe it, but it was something. I don't think Eric Reed has ever had that particular call. All right. Thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.